Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning. It is 8.02. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 14.90, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're tuning in via the live stream that you can find available to you at, uh, at ESPNTucson.com, we do appreciate you. Also, if you've uh, decided to download the podcast and you were listening to this somewhere in the future, which is very spooky to me uh, to think about, but nonetheless, you can download the podcast uh, and get the daily uh, the the daily show to listen to at your leisure, whether you you download from Apple or Audible or Amazon or Stitcher or TuneIn, you can download at all the places that you get your podcast. Just look for the Jeff Dean Show, and uh, you can get it right there and listen to it at your leisure. And then you can rewind it and be like, "What the hell did he just say there?" And then you can send me text messages or messages on my Twitter and be like, "You were wrong with this." He threw for 198 yards, not 194 yards. Okay, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> Nonetheless, I do appreciate you engaging with the show, whichever, uh, however you decide to do that. You can also find me on Twitter, at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice. Listen, I don't tweet a lot. I certainly don't tweet a lot of things that are going to stir up uh, a lot of stuff. I'm just not, I'm not into the drama. I can't do it anymore. I'm too old for that. <laughs> so I, do, I tend to do it here on my radio show when I have a microphone, and uh, it's not on print because... I don't like it when people cash receipts against me. Just kidding. I couldn't care less. All right. Let's talk about this. Because, it, it's look, it's big news. Uh, it hits close to home here with the Pac-12 conference. And it's something that I think everybody has an opinion on. Nick Rolovich and four of his staff members, uh, including uh, assistants Ricky Logo, John Richardson, Craig Stutzman, and Mark Weber, were fired yesterday from their positions as football coaches at Washington State University because of their uh, their their choice to not be vaccinated. Okay, uh, the school announced that as the state's COVID nineteen vaccine mandate for state employees went into effect on October eighteenth, that the firings were made with cause because they could no longer perform their duties. Now, Pat Chun, who is the athletic director for Washington State, who's had to hire a couple of football coaches during his time there, said, quote, this is a disheartening day for our football program. Our priority has been and will continue to be the health and well-being of the young men on our team. The leadership on our football team is filled with young men of character, selflessness, and resiliency, and we are confident that these same attributes will help guide this program as we move forward. So, as Nick Rolovich is, he, he did apply, we found out, because June Jones, his former uh, mentor and former coach, uh, kind of blew the whistle on him on a, uh, a USA Today um, article this uh, past weekend. He said that, that Rolovich had applied for a religious exemption. Not exactly sure what or why. Uh, I don't know if you know, fetus research goes into that kind of stuff. If you know, if you're a very strong uh, Protestant type thing, then you know maybe that's what it came into. I don't know. Regardless, that was rejected by the state of Washington. 
and therefore he was not given his exemption and was in noncompliance of state mandate. Now, in a July news conference, Rolovich had said that he did not receive the vaccination and would not be receiving the vaccination even though he was not against vaccinations. He said, quote, the reason for my individual choice will remain private. However, I want to make it clear that I respect and I support all the work being done by the state of Washington, who as a state has one of the highest percentages of vaccinations in the country. However, he said in uh, in August, I remember him saying that he was going to get the vaccine. He said, quote, he didn't necessarily say he was going to get the vaccine. He just said, I plan on following the governor's mandate. So, I mean, it sounds like you're going to get the vaccine, but apparently he didn't. Maybe the mandate was to either get the vaccine or get an exemption, and maybe that's where he went. Regardless, Nick Rolovich is out. Washington State is looking for a new coach. Now, people wanted to take to the media and Twitter and the social medias yesterday and talk about how this is going to affect his players. And, yes, there are a lot of young men that are on that football program that are now without their head coach that they went to go play for. And that is a tragedy. It really is. Uh, because look, players sign up to play for the coach. Nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. There are probably very few young men on that team that grew up wanting to play Washington State football on the Palouse and carry on the great tradition of Washington State Cougar football. It, it, it's just not a destination for young men to aspire greatness uh, in, in the world of football. Just not. So they signed up to play for Nick Rolovich, who is a very motivating guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that I liked as a coach um, for, for years. In fact, when the, when, the, uh, when the Wildcats were looking for their new head coach after the firing or resignation, whichever one, way you want to look at it, of Rich Rodriguez – Nick Rolovich was on the top of my list. I felt like he was a very innovative young mind, that he inspired young men to do things on the football field, was a, an up-and-coming full swinger. And I liked the way that he, you know, he went about his business. Uh, obviously, with the mandate in the state of Washington, that did not jibe with his particular beliefs, and therefore he is now out of a job and will not be able to uh, get paid because he was fired for cause. Now, the effect on his players is that, I mean, look, they won the game against Stanford on Saturday. Everybody in that locker room knew that that was going to be his last game. They celebrated by dousing him with a Gatorade bucket and celebrating around their coach. It doesn't seem like at least those players who engaged in that were too affected by his decision to not get the vaccine and therefore are no longer, uh, it, it is no longer coaching them. So we can't sit here and say that, oh, the effect on the players is so bad. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what's what's been discussed inside that locker room. Maybe he had a locker room full of players who were like, we respect you, coach. We go. Don't get your vaccination. We got you. We're all vaccinated, but we're, we, we respect, you know, we support your decision. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Neither do you. <laughs> so... To sit there and say, oh, the, 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 the ramifications on his players are just horrible. This is such a horrible backlash for his players. You don't know that. Did you see them celebrating on the field? Every single player in that locker room, I guarantee you, knew that it was his last game. They knew it. They knew when October 18th was coming. 
They knew that he wasn't vaccinated. They knew that the state mandate was going to keep him from – the exemption had already been rejected. It was rejected weeks ago. So they knew what was coming. They still showered him in Gatorade and celebrated with their coach. Great win. Beat Stanford 34-31. They've won three games in a row, actually. They're the only team in the, in the Pac-12 North with three division wins or three uh, conference wins. They're 3-0 in the conference. They beat Oregon State, beat Stanford. It's a pretty good football team. They're winning. That's probably the biggest effect that it's going to have is that you know now they're going to lose their head coach and four of their assistants, one of them a really good offensive assistant um, whose brother, so Craig Stutzman, his brother was an offensive assistant. I think he's the quarterback's coach and like assistant OC at Navy. He was fired earlier this year because of – the Naval Academy's mandate, uh, maybe the state of Maryland, I don't remember which, one of the two, there was a mandate, a vaccination mandate, and he did not receive the vaccination, so he was fired as well. His brother was fired yesterday uh, as the, the assistant OC for, uh, for Washington State. That's, I think, the most effect it's going to have on the player. I mean, yes, not having your coach, but look, they're, they're not going to be, they're just not going to be as good. They're not going to be celebrating wins. I think that's the effect that it has most on the players because they want to win football games. Yes, they want to be there with their coach. They want to play for the coach, you know, whatever have you. But winning games is what it's about. That's what you celebrate. You don't celebrate getting to spend time with your coach. Celebrate that later. That's for when you're older and you're reminiscing. So what's next for Wazoo? Well, it's a complicated job, I can tell you that much. It is not an easy job for someone just to, to pick up and run with because of all of the limitations that you have into a remote area where the recruiting is has been a challenge for a long, long time. Washington State typically found in spots 10, 11, and 12 in the yearly recruiting rankings in the Pac-12. They have not signed a class ranked higher than 8th in the conference since 2006, and that was when the Pac-12 was the Pac-10. They are currently, according to two, uh, 247 Sports, They are currently 63rd in the country in team talent. Only six Power 5 teams are ranked lower than them in overall talent. Now, the top area of recruiting for Wazoo is California, and it should be. 43 of their current players are from the state of California. Um, They're also big recruiters in Washington and on the islands of Hawaii and also American Samoa. They get a lot of their players from, from there as well, so a lot of poly players coming into Wazoo as well. That's, you know, that's where they do their recruiting. They don't, they, they don't recruit from the South. They can't recruit from Texas. They don't recruit from Florida. They don't recruit from back East. They have a very limited base. So it's difficult to recruit there. So the new head coach that's going to go in there knows that they have that challenge. They also know that they're not going to be paid extremely well. Rolovich was making $3 million a year. Um, and only two coaches right now in the Pac-12 are currently being paid less than what Rolovich was making. That's Jed Fish and Jonathan Stewart at uh, Oregon State. Those are the only two ones that are, that are being paid less. The, the athletics budget at Washington State is by far the lowest in the Pac-12, even lower than Cal. And they are in the middle of getting some funds for a $61 million uh, operations building. But they did lose several donations because of Rolovich. There were... There were donors that jumped off about four, I think I heard like somewhere between four and five million dollars 
worth of donations money that would have gone had Rolovich just decided to get to get vaccinated. Okay, um, and again, you have to also deal with the stigma of it being just that deep, dark place. If you've ever been to the Palouse, you've ever been to Pullman, Washington, it is not a <laughs> it's not a happy place to be. It's cold, it's dark, it's dreary. Of course, I'm always there during basketball season. When it's even worse, it looks like Blair. I always call it the Blair Witch Project. It looks like Blair Witch Project out there. Dead trees, like just it's just gross. Like it's it's not fun. It's always snowing. <laughs> you know, empty buildings. It's just yeah. It's uh, it's that place. It's a difficult place to go. So who would be on the list for Washington State? Who's going to be their next head coach? There are certainly a lot of a lot of names being thrown around out there. Um, you know, Joe Moorhead, I think, is one of the names that's being thrown around early. Um, I'm looking at, I, for me, I look at two names. I'm looking at two names right now of guys that I think would actually take the job that I think would be a good fit at, uh, at, at Wazoo. Number one is Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell is currently the offensive coordinator at USC, and, of course, he played for Mike Leach at Texas Tech. He also has already coached at Washington State. He was the uh, wide receivers coach there from 2014 to 2015. And Leach had even, I wouldn't say named Graham Harrell as his successor, but he said in an interview, I can't remember if it was like as he was on his way out the door or like a year later, I can't anyway, he mentioned that Graham Harrell should have been the head coach or should be the head coach of the Washington State Cougars. Now, I don't know. If Washington State wants to continue to take the word and, and the advice of Mike Leach, maybe not the best idea, but nonetheless, Graham Harrell, I think, should be on the on the short list of guys who you know who would be uh, up for that job. There's another name, and I think it look they have to get some stability, right? Like they have to find someone who isn't such a rogue missile, Mike Leach. We all know what Mike Leach is, the pirate. He's at swords, and um, he hates talking football. He'd rather talk about co-eds or whatever the hell people ask him in, in the press conferences. He hates talking football. It's the weirdest thing ever. I remember I interviewed Mike Leach at Texas Tech after they had one of the wildest bowl games I've ever seen in my entire life against Minnesota. And I remember talking to Mike Leach afterwards. And he was more interested in talking about, like, how great the food in Arizona was. I'm just like, what? What is this guy? And, of course, then, you know, he was just in his infancy, uh, very exciting, you know, infancy, but nonetheless, still his infancy as a head coach. Now we, we know very well what Mike Leach is. So they had Mike Leach. Then they had Nick Rolovich, who got fired because he refused to follow the state's mandate to get vaccinated. So what they need is somebody that's stable, somebody stable-minded, someone who's going to tow the company line, somebody who's going to be a mature adult. Let's just put it like it is, okay? Um. So Graham Harrell, I think, could be that guy, and I think he fits in well there. The other guy I think is that, that could work there is Jay Norvell. He's currently the head coach in Nevada. They've gone 12-3. and three. They're currently, well, 12-3 and three right now over the past two seasons. He's able to develop quarterbacks. They've got Carson Strong, who's going to be drafted into the NFL this year. Uh, he's, he's a much more calming mind. I think he's like 56, 57 years old, something like that is Jay Norvell. He's spent time in the Pac-12, okay, at UCLA, at Arizona State. He's familiar with that. So I think, you know, keeping guys who are familiar with the West Coast, familiar with the Pac-12, Jay Norvell and Graham Harrell could be two of the names that you see 
on their uh, on their short list. Another guy that a lot of people are talking about, but I don't see it, is Jeff Choate, who was Montana State's head coach for several years. They went to an FCS semifinal uh, in one of his years before he uh, headed off to Texas. He's the co-defensive coordinator at Texas. What did we talk about yesterday? <laughs> How bad their defense is. Right, okay. So um, I know that he coached at, at Washington State for like a year. He was a linebackers coach there. He was at Boise State for a while too. Um, knows th- that area, the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. Jeff Choate doesn't move the needle, in my opinion, if you're Washington State. So the two names that I'm looking at, and these are just you know early, you know, just me shooting from the hip here, uh, Graham Harrell and Jay Norville. I think those would be two two names that they should definitely look into. I think they would bring uh, an exciting type of offense that you need at Washington State because you need to you got to do something there, right? Um, you have to be able to to wow the kids and woo the kids to come in there to do something other than just play in the cold, dark, dreary, darkness, wetness of the Palouse. NFL Week 7 is upon us, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. And this Thursday night is a great opportunity to look into it. Uh, look, <laughs> not going to lie to you, the game this Thursday is still in question right now. We don't know about Baker Mayfield. We don't know about Nick Chubb. So a couple of the stars for Cleveland are still in question. But you can still put together a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Denver in Cleveland this Thursday, a clash of the Orange Helmets. You may want to look at the Cleveland money line. Do they bounce back from an embarrassing loss last week to the Cardinals? You probably want to look at the under-total points because Denver's been there all season long. And if Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield don't play... That under might be a great play for you. And then find something else that you like uh, for an SGP as well because you've got to have three legs or more to get the risk-free bet. Now, FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. We all know why. It's safe and secure. The app is easy to use, and it features fast payouts. And I wish I, I was so close to cashing in an SGP last night that would have felt so wonderful to uh, walk up to the virtual ticket office and catch that puppy in. But nonetheless, it wasn't to be. But lock in your bets today on FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can get that feeling as well. And, of course, you get the 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win, which is the best security of them all. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up today with my promo code DEAN, and you can also receive 30-to-1 enhanced odds on the Sunday afternoon matchup between the Texans and the Cardinals. You get 30-to-1. So it's a, a $5 bet could win you 150 bucks. It's just that simple. But you got to use my promo code DEAN, so that they know that I sent you, okay? 21 and over in present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. It expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. When we return, Jed Fish had a press conference yesterday, discussed many things, including injuries, the quarterback room, and just the overall status of the team. We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned to your chance to win my tickets to Friday night's game against Washington. We have the uh, text to win contest all week long, every single day, each hour of each day, Monday through Thursday this week. 
We'll be uh, getting people to text to win my ticket. Stay tuned for your hour here, or your chance in hour number two here coming up uh, at any moment. Could happen at any time, so stay tuned for that. Jetfish had his press conference yesterday. Just a few of the notes of things that he spoke about, uh, about a 17-minute or so press conference. He said that Gunnar Cruz will be having surgery on his thumb. He's going to be out six months. Said that he got it caught in a helmet three plays before he threw the pick six and that they didn't realize that he was hurt until he walked off the field. They looked at his hand, and his thumb was in a different place than it should be. So, yeah, he stressed at that point in time, like, look, we tell players all the time, if you're hurt, just go down. Just go down, let the medical staff come and look at you. And he says, for quarterbacks, it's even more important. If you feel like you hurt your hand, okay, go down, that will get our medical staff a chance to go out there and talk to you, look at it, and it also gives the backup quarterback a chance to get some reps, get some warm-up throws in before he goes in there completely cold, right? He said, look, best-case scenario, you're out one play, you get right back in there, okay? Because uh, once the medical staff comes in, obviously they have to take you out of the game. But he said that, uh, you know, Gunner tried to be the tough guy and stayed in there, and he dirted a ball to Alex Lyons. It was about three yards shy on the throw on that one. Obviously, his thumb was bothering him if it was dislocated in a completely different spot than it should be. And then we know about the pick six that happened on the next play. So he stressed the importance of, of players recognizing that they need to acknowledge a you know an injury when it happens just to go down and let the medical staff look at him. So it's going to be Will Plummer, number one, uh, running with the ones this week in practice, and Luke Ashworth, walk-on product, uh, working with the num- with working in the uh, the number two spot there. He said that Braden Zermino is going to be their third option, and it sounds like Jamari Joyner is a distant fourth option, but will get some snaps in the Wildcat position, giving them someone who can throw the football, at least the threat of throwing the football in that situation. So, look, again, it's something that I talked about yesterday. They can go with some certain types of uh, of formations, 22 personnel, things like that. Put Jamari in there. It gives you the threat of a runner, a passer, all kinds of things. If you want to throw a reverse and have him run a route, he's a route runner. He's got speed. So all those things in play uh, for the for the Wildcats. It may, it may be a very much gadget offense that we see this Friday with a short week to prepare for Washington. Other injuries now starting to pile up for the Wildcats, though. We're a team that has been healthy for the most part for the first six games of the season. Now the injuries and some personal things starting to pile up for the Wildcats. We mentioned yesterday that, uh, that uh, well, we knew last week that J.B. Brown, because of personal reasons, would not be playing in games, but that he would be practicing with the team. We then noticed that linebacker transfer Treshawn Hayward was not with the team on Saturday, and Jed Fish made it, uh, made it very well aware that he was not going to be participating with the Arizona Wildcats football team for an undisclosed amount of time because of personal reasons. Again, talked about it yesterday. Things that I've heard is it's not good. It's just he's not happy. He's not not with the team right now. Uh, but injuries-wise, Keon Bars, Josh McCauley, Josh Donovan, Drake Anderson will all be game-time decisions. Now, one of the glaring issues with that is three of those players play on the line of scrimmage. Keon Bars, who, based on information that I saw yesterday – was the number one rated defensive lineman in the entire country this weekend playing the run. Keon Bars has been one of Arizona's best performers this year on either side of the ball. And if he's unable to go, that's a huge loss for Arizona's defense. 
Josh McCauley and Josh Donovan, of course. Josh McCauley being the anchor of the offensive line. That's a huge loss. Josh Donovan, a big loss for the Wildcats as well. And Drake Anderson, it sounds like, maybe a little more injured than the other three guys. He's got a, some type of a shoulder injury. He said that he's more questionable uh, than, or more doubtful than he is questionable. So it sounds like Drake Anderson may not play. So that decreases the running back room by one. So it'll be Michael Wiley, Stevie Rocker Jr., and Jalen John at the running back position. Sounds like this weekend, uh, this Friday night for, uh, for the Washington game. I know our, our very own Justin Spears asked him about how Gunnar Cruz was handling the situation. It looked like he was crying on the sideline and stuff, and I know that people were tweeting out, you know, Gunnar Cruz crying on the sideline is not a good look for Arizona. First of all, it's college football, okay? And I've, I've, I will continue to talk about this because it's absolutely true, and it continues to ring true every single year, week to week. It's, it's, it's always the same thing. This is an emotional game. These are very emotional times, age-wise, of human growth. They are going to be emotional players. Things are going to stir up emotions in these young men that happen on the field, off the field, whatever have you, and emotions pour out. We look if you've ever dealt with teenagers and/or early twenty-somethings, they, you know, the emotions just control them at times. Okay, we have to accept that. Personally, when talking about the optics of players who are obviously distraught on the field, talking about. Jordan McLeod two weeks ago during the knee injury when he was crying on the field, and then Gunnar Cruz crying on the sideline under a towel last weekend after injuring his thumb. Personally, I think it shows just how passionate these guys are and how badly they want to help the team win. If, if players are that emotional and that distraught about being taken out of the game because of injury, it just shows you, in my opinion, it shows how, how engaged they are, how badly they want to win, how badly they want to help this team get through this this rough spot. And I mean, that's that's being kind, calling it a rough spot. I think it'd be more upsetting if they weren't crying. Like if they were just like, meh, okay, sitting on the sideline, you know, joking with their buddies. Yeah, I got my hurt thumb. Finally, I, I don't have to play. That would, that would be more of a red flag to me than if they weren't crying. So, uh, than if they were crying. So, listen, I think that the emotion being poured out on the field when, when a player gets injured, and I know Jed he mentioned it yesterday. He talked about, you know, the future of what's my future playing football and stuff. I don't think it was about that personally. I think it was these players emotionally realizing that they were going to be taken out of this game and that the injury was, was bad enough to where they may not play again this season and that they're not going to be a part of this breaking of the streak. It, it, it's, it's an emotion that is it runs rampant uh, in college football, and I personally like to see it. He mentioned that his message to his players is to do their job, don't try to do too much. Gunnar Cruz staying out there injured was probably doing too much. He talked about linebackers and defensive linemen who were trying to get their ways into positions to make plays when they thought a teammate wasn't in position to do it. Look, you just have to do your job. Don't try to do too much. It is so. This is why teams go on losing streaks because players start start to to they you know they they get into their minds that they need to do more. I'm here. I'm going to be the hero. I, I got I to gotta do this. I got to save this team. I have, to, I have to step up and do this. Well, you can step up by doing your job at an exceptional level and executing the way that you're proud of, the way that you're taught to. So the message of the players was just do your job. Don't try to do too much. 
And finally, he talked about the experience at quarterback is paramount to success. He said he saw a stat in the NFL. The teams with that are that are top five in the NFL in turnovers are all teams that are starting rookie quarterbacks. It's true. It's look, starting rookies. We we say it all the time, right? Football fans, when you if you're watching a team and you just shake your head like, man, rookie quarterbacks, man, rookies, and we say the same thing when watching football, like freshmen. Oh, sometimes I'll sit there and be like, man, freshmen. He's got to shake your head. It's something they do. It's not like they're they're purposely doing it wrong. It's not that they're unable to do it. They are just young and inexperienced. And he talked that he said that Gunnar Cruz, having played in 20 games in his career, was probably one of the main reasons why Arizona was able to actually get into the red zone. He says they moved the ball between the 25 and the 30. Great. They've moved it all year long between the 25 and the 30, regardless of who the quarterback is. But getting inside when the, when the field starts to shrink, that's when quarterback experience comes into play. I agree. So, the Wildcats will move forward with Will Plummer as their starting quarterback, and I have some thoughts on a way that they can potentially attack Washington's defense coming up this Friday. Something that you know, look, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, just coming up with some ideas, anything that I can think of to try to get this team a spark, try to get them a win. We'll talk about that next. Join Spears and Ali this Thursday from three to six p.m. for a special Bear Down Thursday. It's not Bear Down Friday because the game is on Friday. You can join us at Main Gate Square. And uh, join the community as we cheer on the Wildcats football team. It's, uh, the pep rally is going to begin at 6 o'clock, and it features the Pride of Arizona marching band. The cheerleaders will be there, the Palm Squad, the Twirlers, and, of course, your lovable Wilbur and Wilma will be there as well. Our sister stations will be there with chances to win game tickets and a whole lot more. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com and bear down Arizona. More Wildcat football after this on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it again. Your chance to win my tickets to Friday night's game against the Washington Huskies. Your text to win opportunity right now. This will get you into the drawing that's going to occur Friday morning to determine who our winners are. Again, we will just text the tickets to you so you have them digitally. But text now. Text the word bear down. We're just going to make it one word for this particular text. Bear down, all one word, eight letters, bear down. Text that to 68683. The number is 68683. Text the word bear down now for your chance to win a pair of my tickets, my personal tickets to the game this Friday night against the Washington Huskies. Message of data rates may apply. Again, these are uh, uh, these are tickets. We're going to give away two pair. We'll have two winners, and uh, you guys can enjoy the festivities and the games on Friday night. And you never know, it could be that night that we get lightning in a bottle and win the game. So come on down, support the team, and enjoy the game, and good luck. Greg Hansen wrote an article for the Arizona Daily Star. It, uh, it ended up on the website last night. Uh, and, uh, again, like I said, there are – He's his fans are basically split down the middle. There's about a 50-50 in in the uh, the city of Tucson of sports fans who enjoy Greg Hansen's articles and sports fans who enjoy ripping on Greg Hansen's articles. Okay, it's look, it's part of being a journalist. Uh, that's the way it goes. Not everyone is going to like you. You have to accept that. Um, and certainly, Greg Hansen fits into that uh, into that that role. But I thought his article that he wrote regarding the the reason why Arizona's on the losing skid that it's on right now 
and where it can be traced back to, uh, I think is spot on. Uh, and look, it's something again that I have discussed here for the last twelve, thirteen, fourteen weeks, however long it's been since we've been back on the air. I, I lost count after like week eight. Um, <laughs> however long it's been since we've been back, I've been saying this exact same thing. We the the blame does not solely lie at the feet of Kevin Sumlin and his you know his staff. the 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 blame does not solely lie at the feet of Jed Fish. He's only been here for six games, for God's sakes. There are people out there that are calling for him to be fired. I, I just I, I can't, I can't help those people. Like, if you're one of those people that thinks that Jed Fish should be hired, I can't help you. You are delusional. You just, you cannot be helped. You have no patience. You have no awareness, and you can't be helped. So I just, I'm sorry. I can't get on board. So Greg Hansen discussed where it all goes back to. Now I, I have said all along that this started in the 2015, 2016, you know, right around that area when Rich Rodriguez was the head coach of Arizona. And for some reason, like, we weren't getting a whole lot of announcements of players that were signing. And a lot of times when you when you, when you you see a recruiting class that isn't signing a whole lot of players, you say, oh, well, they, they you know, they won't have a whole lot of scholarships. they got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores on the team, so they don't have a bunch of open scholars to give. There's 85 scholarships. Maybe they've only got 10 to give, and they're just going to be handing them out, you know, very, very uh, cautiously. Well, that wasn't the case. The team only had 61 scholarship players on it. So there was plenty of scholars to go around. And then we found out later, once he look, he copped to it, he admitted it, and, and I give Rich all the credit in the world for stepping up and saying this. It could, If it was another coach or any number of other coaches, they would have come up with excuses, blah, 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 a bunch of you know BS. Rich Rodriguez said, I stopped doing my job. For about 17, 18 months, I stopped doing my job. I stopped recruiting. I am sorry, and it's inexcusable, and I'm going to work my tail off to get this thing turned around. You can't have lulls like that in a program, especially not a Power 5 program. We've seen what a, what a two- or three-month lull can have, the effect that that can have in recruiting. The way things move so quickly right now, especially with the transfer portal, you can't take a year and a half off from recruiting. You can't. You will kill a program. And he did. That's why, well, one of the major reasons why Arizona's in the situation it is right now, oh, for its last 18. They hired a head coach in Kevin Sumlin who couldn't have cared less about being here, couldn't have cared less about the community, the players. All he wanted to do, this is, I, I'm telling you, this is this is all he wanted to do. He brings in Noel Mazzoni as his offense coordinator. Those two are thick as thieves. They're together at Texas A&M. They've been together at other, other places. They know each other very well. They go back a long ways. Noel Mazzoni had in his hip pocket a record-setting quarterback from the state of Texas by the name of Grant Gunnell, and Kevin Sumlin was hell-bent on making sure that he brought in his next Case Keenum or whatever have you uh, quarterback to this program to set records and to wow people and dazzle people. Obviously, that didn't work out. Grant Gunnell was a complete bust. He's at Memphis now. hasn't even played a snap since he got since he transferred to Memphis. I think he's hurt. But um, regardless, he's not playing. Okay, But then they only signed one other quarterback. Kevin Doyle, right? They brought in one other, one other quarterback. So the quarterback room was already shallow as all can be. Khalil Tate was here, obviously. Uh, but listen, 
you, you can't have a quarterback room that's that shallow. We, you know, we look at we look at major football programs all the time, and you look at the quarterback room, and they got six guys, seven guys, eight guys on scholarship. Arizona State two years ago was being laughed at. Herm Edwards was being laughed at. They're like, you got eight guys on scholarship in your quarterback room. What the hell are you going to do with eight guys in your in your quarterback room? Well, what they did was they got a quarterback coach in there that could that could evaluate talent and say. We're going to watch these guys play and see who comes out, see who emerges as the winner. Jaden Daniels emerges as the winner, a three-star recruit out of Southern California who could have been recruited by Arizona or any number of other programs out there. He didn't. He went to a, a clogged room at Arizona State, ends up winning the job, and has now been the two-year starter and uh, you know, obviously playing extremely well. He has his shortcomings, um, as do most quarterbacks in college football. Okay? They all have something. Nobody, nobody's perfect. Although people anointed Spencer Rattler as this perfect college quarterback, he's been benched for a freshman, Caleb Williams, who looks like he's absolutely on fire right now. And Lincoln Riley looks like an idiot for having him on his bench. But you can trace these things back quite a ways. And as Greg Hansen says in his article, and we have talked about this numerous times, if you do not have a top-level quarterback in the Pac-12, you do not have a chance. Period. End of story. That's it. If you do not have a top-level quarterback, you do not have a chance. Look at Oregon right now. Tell me that Oregon wouldn't be in a better situation today if they had just stuck with Tyler Shuck Okay, he's who got hurt at Texas Tech. He was playing well, got hurt. He may not play again the rest of the season. But Anthony Brown, okay, and based on the information that I have, and it's pretty darn good information. I have good information when it comes to Oregon. For some reason, I, I have a good a good line in there, and well, they didn't do me too well on the whole Justin Herbert evaluation. But I think that's more about coaching than anything else. Regardless. Uh, Anthony Brown's dad basically went to Mario Cristobal and said, I'm going to pull my son from the program if he doesn't start. So what does Mario Cristobal do? He benches Tyler Shuck at halftime of the bowl game and basically announces to the team that Anthony Brown is the starter tonight and the starter next year. That was basically it. The team was like, wait, what? And all offseason, as Anthony Brown is going through camp, Given the, given the nod as Oregon's starting quarterback, the entire team up there, I have on very good authority that players were not happy that Anthony Brown was going to be their quarterback. Players were not happy with that at all because they didn't believe in him. They, could, they, they felt like he couldn't play well enough to get them to a championship. And after a big win against Ohio State, okay, can't take that away from them. They went to, they went to Columbus, beat the Buckeyes, in a game where the Buckeyes show that they absolutely cannot tackle anyone, they may have eliminated that problem now because their quarterback is they're scoring like 60 points a game. You don't have to tackle anybody if you're going to score 60 on them. But Anthony Brown right now, the fans in Oregon were booing Anthony Brown on Saturday night in the game against Cal. Booing him. So if you don't have a top-level quarterback in the Pac-12, you don't have a chance. You're absolutely correct. Arizona does not have a top-level quarterback. They have not had one for a while. Khalil Tate was the guy, but because he wanted to become a pocket passer, he wanted to make himself more uh, more delectable to NFL general managers, he said, I need to learn to, to transition into more of a pocket passer. Rich was like, wow, wait, what? Okay, so someone comes in with Mazzoni. They start working together. 
Tate and Mazzoni didn't hit things off at all. They hated each other. And now the program has been spinning, 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 spinning downward, and here we are. 0-18, the top two quarterbacks that we have right now of the three that are on scholarship, which is absurd, are hurt. (laughs) This is not on the feet of Jed Fish. This is not even solely at the feet of Kevin Sumlin. This goes back a long ways. And there are a lot of people. I have said it. I, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, and I know this is probably beating a dead horse. You cannot point the finger at one person as to why Arizona is in the situation that they're in. You, you simply cannot. There are too many people to, to put on the list of, well, this person had their hand in it, this person had their hand in it, this person did this, this person had their hand in it. There's too much. Imagine being Jed Fish and the staff coming in and being like, whoa. Because they're inside everything. They, they talk to the players. They talk to the people. They, they're inside the, the, the situation. They know what's happening with the players. They know, you know uh, everything that's been going on. They get to see firsthand the talent that they have. I talked to a, a scout from the Atlanta Falcons. He looked at me. He goes, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you tell everybody else that too, please? so that we can stop blaming people and start looking at just this team and say, look, let's just cheer them on. Let's see if we can get them a win. And then in the offseason, the adults can start pointing fingers at other adults, and we can start figuring out how to fix this thing. But right now, can't be fixed. There's no fixing this thing right now. There's just the will to win. That's it. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return... We'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of The Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Man, didn't get to talk about a ton of stuff that I wanted to get into today, but that's all right. That's what happens when you're long-winded and full of hot air like I am. Uh, last night, the Red Sox hammered the Astros to take a 2-1 lead in the ALCS. They hit their third grand slam of the series in just the third game, which is an MLB record. Hit two on Saturday in the game there uh, in Houston. Uh, the NLCS today, the Braves are up 2-0 in that series. That game is at 2 o'clock, and the ALCS game four is tonight at 5 o'clock. Astros are going to turn to Zach Greinke to try to rescue them from that series. And the Dodgers turn to Walker Bueller, who will try to rescue them in their series. They're just trying to get a win right now. They've been walked off twice by the Braves in Atlanta. They return home to uh, their friendly confines to see if they can get themselves a win. As I mentioned, look, check out Greg Hansen's article. Read it. Uh, just don't take my word for it. Greg Hansen does a much better job of, of writing it down to where you can actually see it, read it, you know, interact with it, embrace it, all those things. Uh, give it a look. It's on uh, it's on the Arizona Daily Stars uh, website. Go there and you can uh, you can read the uh, read the article there. Uh, I think I still think Greg does a great job of writing articles. Again, you don't always have to agree with them. That's one of the great things about journalism. Uh, you can disagree. Um, one more thing before we get out of here. There are look, the, the the turnover chains and all this other stuff. It, it's look, it's fun. I get it. College football is for the kids. It's for the student athletes. That's what it's for. UNLV has, UNLV has gone above and beyond. 
they have a 700-pound slot machine on their sideline that a player can go, after making a big play, can go run over to the sideline and pull the old one-armed bandit and see what happens. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Look, I, I like things like this in college football. I don't think it's it's played out. These are things for the kids to have fun with. We've got to remember that 99% of them are never going to play a snap in the NFL professionally for money. So let them have their fun. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in studio for all her hard work on the show. And, of course, thanks to you guys. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 o'clock. And I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 for the next edition of the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.